I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm ready. Sorry, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm here. I'm ready. This is Dim's last episode, peeps. Forever. I'm no. Here. I'm She's here. ready. I'm ready to go. Let's crack on. And welcome to the Millennial Divide. We are here. We are on very little sleep. You sound angry. We, <laughs> I just told another um, motorist to fuck off. You used the C word. No, I said no, I wouldn't. She, you said, she said I used the B word. She was that angry <laughs> that she wanted to, but she didn't. I'm Same not thing. Bronson. Not Bronson. Same thing, though. We are three sisters tonight. Oh, we're back. We're back. We're back. Best oh, time in a while. The band is back together. Time. Yeah, that's so nice. First. It feels weird me not doing the intro actually because oh, the last time I was taking the reins, yeah, I kind of miss you it. went a bit rogue sometimes. So <laughs> I'm glad I'm back. And so every time I did, in. I had this strange tick that would be like, "Sorry, <laughs> I know." I did like my little shout outs halfway through. They kept and me thank going. Thank you to Self for stepping in oh. and being such a great what a legend. And Claire, Claire as well. Last week for me yeah. when I was a little bit unwell and didn't want to infect baby. Oh, much appreciated, Dim. So Dim is back for one night only for a few weeks and then she's jetting off. Cell's going to be joining us then after that and yep. Tonts, producer Claire. So we're going to keep the band together, the yes. extended band. Dim will be dialing in from mm-hmm. overseas. Who knows where in the world Should are we? Ooh. our foreign correspondent? I have a guess. What is it? Amsterdam. Oh, no, it won't be at first, so there. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Mm, I'm popping up a little Much place. more worldly than you even think. Really are. And I have something to say about it later in okay. this episode, oh, okay. yeah. So we are three sisters. I'm Amy. I'm 37. I'm Ellen, 33. Dimity, 27. And Almost 28. Oh, yes. Oh, you are too. Very, very close. In fact, next time you hear from me, yes. I will be. You will be. And you'll still be in the millennial generation. True. So we are back. We're talking all the big ticket items this evening, um, which will play out during your day or evening. Who knows when you may <laughs> listen to this. Got a few mums listening and a few shout-outs to the mums that are listening. We, we feel ya. <laughs> Give us a shout-out. And actually, if you want to join the conversation with us, jump onto our Facebook group at The Millennial Divide and have a chat about all the episode as, as it runs. So we'd love to hear your thoughts. Come back to us. We'll come back to you and we'll have this chat continue. So we're trialling out Facebook group a little bit more and we're going to really invest a bit more time in it. And we're going to do the same in Instagram. So we're going to do some parallel stories. We can have comments going throughout the Instagram post. So tell us what you think. Join in the conversation. Love to hear from you. So today we've got heaps to talk about. We're going to cover the Walk Like a Woman campaign that's just been released on Spotify. Dim was just singing a song. Walk like a man. I'm trivialising a very serious issue. I'm so sorry. Just Just walk like a woman, firstly. (laughs) I like it, Dim. Keep going. Sorry. Uh, We'll also, big news tonight, today, we are talking 
to the stars and creators of Rosehaven, Celia Pacola and Luke McGregor. I just love them. Me too. They are two lovable peeps and we have an exclusive with them. So it is cool. So strap yourself in for that one. As soon as you say cool, it sounds slightly less cool. (laughs) cool. Sorry. It's very cool. I'm the older generation. <laughs> uh, Dim has a revelation. New topic area today. And this is all she put in the WhatsApp message. Yeah, I have a revelation. Scary. That's all I'm saying. So I think I'm a little bit worried. I'm worried too because the last time you did something like that to us, you told us you were pregnant or thought you were pregnant or something. So who knows? Uh, we've got a recommendation in Dirty John. Yes, Elle's going to talk us through brilliant. that. Dim, because it's Dim's last show for a little while, it's the Dim show today. So (laughs) she has a rant followed by a mantra. Me, 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 me. (laughs) All right, let's kick this baby off. Elle, over to you. Yes. So this is recently Spotify have released a track called Walk Like a Woman and it's produced by advertising company Cummins and Partners for the NGO Plan International. And the aim of this track is to raise awareness about how unsafe women are feeling at night and it's a soundscape of all the different things that you might hear. So I think we're going to play just a little snippet now so you can get the feel of it and understand kind of what we're talking about. Interesting. It's, it is quite what you hear, actually. I listen to it and I get very anxious. I actually get really on edge mm. and particularly with the keys and um, the calling out and the footsteps behind. It's what I feel and it's what I, um, why I don't really like walking around at night. And what was really interesting was in the Sydney Morning Herald, they reported that um, in a report, 87% of women have experienced some form of street harassment 90% of women researched said they didn't feel safe after dark. 90%, which I just think is a ridiculous number in this day and age, particularly when we've got phones, we've got um, cars, we've got good transport, particularly in, you know, Australia and Melbourne, we've got light lights, we've got great police, 90%. Yeah. So, yeah, the soundscape I think is a really interesting um way to draw attention to that at the moment. Yeah, it definitely, I feel exactly the same. I listened to it and I thought, yeah, that's exactly how I've begun to start feeling in the last six months. I, I, I didn't actually, I used, used to feel really comfortable walking around at night mm. and now I don't as much. That's interesting because you, when we started this podcast, you were like, to damn, to hell yeah, with it. I did. Oh, walk I around. Did. And then I was like, Oh, but what if it does happen? And then as soon as that seed is planted, yeah. it's just game over back. because everyone's uh, the enemy then. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of this campaign is that it's like, men, don't be perceived to be the enemy. Just be a nice person. I have, I don't love it. But... Well, and that's, it does outline seven tips for men that yeah. they can do. And that's kind of what they were saying, that there's a lot of great men out there, most most men are great men, and that they're wanting to do something to make women not feel so, you know, harassed or um, worried. And their seven tips were 
keep your distance. Don't run up behind woman behind when <laughs> jogging. Just creepy. Like. I know. Cross the street <laughs> when they're know. jogging. Don't stare. Keep comments to yourself. Keep your mates in line. Be an active bystander. And the last one was share the walk, share the share the message. Which I it really you have the same you have the same look that I yeah. I'll try and describe your look. It's like a smile, Perplexed. but like a crinkly eyed yeah. smile. Like and a it's good. It's a, like, do we really need a website to yeah. tell men not to be dickheads? No, my thing is, well, do we need to tell men keep your distance? Yeah. Like it feels <sighs> almost like it's the complete opposite of what we would like as women, speaking on behalf of every single one of them, mm. that we, it it feels really patronising almost, mm. like, men, the women are, like, really scared. Yeah. Okay, so what you can do is just, like, because you're so big and macho, just kind of stay back a little bit. And, you know, it doesn't feel like it's really addressing the problem, which is, like, man, stop raping people. I feel the opposite. I think of my husband and if he was to read those tips, I think he'd be like, oh, come, like. What men are doing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what we were just chatting about it before we came here and um, my husband said the same thing. He's like, I I consciously don't, I'll cross the Mm. road so I don't walk up behind a woman. I. And I think men are super sensitive. I think so too, the majority, but. I just think it's it's interesting because this did remind me of a story that a friend was telling me where she was walking down the street and she had this guy behind her and she kept looking back and he was like, oh, don't worry about it. It's okay. I'm going to walk on the other side of the street. And they had this whole conversation exactly about this. And for the whole walk down, she said the whole walk down the street, he was like trying not to get too far behind her or in front of her and this whole negotiation. And I'm like, oh. All because... You know, there are some real random freaks who a do bad things. Yeah. A very There's small percentage. There's a really sick... Look, I'm going off very little sleep, partly <laughs> because of a newborn, but also partly because of the recommendation we've got later tonight, today, that we're going to talk Which through. Which is a good recommendation, yeah. the fact that you stayed it keeps up. you <laughs> away from sleep. Um, but the cynical part... So I've worked in communications, marketing, advertising for a while now, and... Ad agencies, this is very cynical of me to say this, ad agencies love awards. Mm. Mm. And often big brands are very reluctant to let ad agencies do what they want to do for an award um, to win, in order to win an award. And when I'm talking about awards, I'm talking about the Cannes Awards mm. um, or, you know, there's lots of awards in Australia, but there's a few big ticket items. The way to win awards is to do something controversial, often for a not-for-profit. And tick, tick. Yeah. And this one is new, it's different, it's using a new medium. And it is getting us to, I think, I don't want to shut down the conversation. I think it is important to get empathy and to open it up and say, this is what women are feeling because it is what I feel. Yes, but there are... However... Yeah, there are ways to do... I mean, what got me was I, I'd like you, Elle, jumped onto the Plan Australia website and good on them mm. for trying. But it's a <laughs> bit half-assed, yeah. really. And when I went back to the original campaign that was launched a little while ago, so the same article referenced another campaign um, which was set up by a group called Hollaback mm. and that was um, based on a video that's now been seen 45 million times of a woman, um, it was called 10 Hours in New mm. York, and um, maybe a bit nostalgic for New York, <laughs> aside from all the catcalling. But um, it's a fantastic um, website. So Google it, Holla Back, 
And it's all around really practical things that you can do. And it's far more um, innovative. It's uh, it's all around a movement. It's much more, it's got more practical tips than I think what's happened. And, and I think, you know, Plan Australia should be commended for what they're doing, but I also mm. think it's a little bit lost in their intention. Yeah, I felt that as well. I, I, I thought any, I'm... I'm so such an advocate for people doing these kinds of movements and trying to, you know, progress the cause and all of that feminist shit. But I, I this didn't, this Hit didn't the land mark. Didn't with quite, me. Yeah, it I just didn't. felt like Cummins has come in and gone, guys, this is a great idea, mm. and they've kind of gone with it, which is great, good mm. on them, and I think they'll probably get some awards out mm. of it. Um, Sorry, cynical Amy's out. Good try. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> You can, if we're wrong, if someone works for Cummins and Partners, tell us. Tell us that you didn't want to win an award for that one. (laughs) Tell us in your award speech. (laughs) If you do want to check out more, though, you can go to www.plan.org.au so that they've got links to some of the programs that they're doing and that kind of thing. So it is interesting to check out. But um, And please really do tell us what you think. We have a, a post on Instagram about this very topic and one on our Facebook group page. So if we're wrong... Let us know. I guess so. If we're right, we also like those ones. <laughs> okay, so exciting times today. We have a big star interview. We love the interviews when they come in. Uh, and this one is well, one of our favourite shows, Rose Haven. So, Rose. Favourite people. And favourite people, yes. We've got Rose Haven, creators and stars, Celia Pacola and Luke McGregor today. Very exciting. Rose Haven's now into its third season on the ABC, so it's doing super well. They're smashing it out of the park. They're just good people. <laughs> They've got heaps to talk about and some really interesting insights about what it means to be a millennial creator um, and how you get a show off the ground and how you write as a male and a female together. So tune in now. We've got them on the line. So Celia and Luke, thanks so much for taking the time. We're really excited to talk to you today and we're loving the latest season of Rosehaven. So fantastic work. Well done, guys. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. We are a show featuring millennials. I just squeeze in literally by about six months. So I'm calling myself a millennial, but I'm probably just a jaded Gen Xer. But you guys are legit millennials. And I feel like that. When is, when is that? Well, in? 81. Okay, that is just a scraping. I reckon it's just a scraping. And sometimes I just, I'm so jaded at the moment, I just think I should just call myself an exer. But anyway, I, (laughs) yeah, I think I am. But you guys definitely are. And we were really interested, given that you are millennials, whether you think age impacted your ability to get the show off the ground. Did it make it easier or harder? Are you taken seriously? What what do you think age plays in getting a show off the ground? Oh, I think for one like ours, it doesn't matter so much. Um, in the small amount of experience I've had, the only time in quote unquote show business where age I've seen age play a factor is, um, I mean, I guess you know casting decisions. But often with the superhero films where they've got to have a franchise going, they're hesitant to cast older actors because they don't think they'll be able to you know use them for ten years on on several different films. But I know I feel like <laughs> ours. I think it was more about our profiles and what we've done at the time as opposed to how old we were. I don't know if that was a factor. Yeah, I think in terms of getting a show made, you know, aside casting separately, actually making your own show, it's more about experience than age. So I think we were at a point where we'd done enough stuff where they 
could justify giving us a chance to make our own show. So, and that's the thing with comedy is you can start at any age. So I started when I was like 23, which seems later now because there's people who start when they're 16. So I think it was less about how old we actually were and more about how much stuff we'd done in the past to um, sort of prove that we were ready to to try make our own TV show. Yeah. yeah, and do you have a production company that they trust and, you know, do you have a script editor that Runs they trust? Runs on the board and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. there's age. Yeah, I, I agree with Sills. I think much more experience than age, even though obviously they can go hand in hand. Um, yeah, I guess you guys the- were, you got off to a cracking start early days. So you, you packed a lot of experience into, a, I guess, a shorter amount of time to then lend you that credibility by the sounds of it. We've been busy. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, I know. <laughs> yeah, when I was like Googling I you, I was like, jeez. You've said it all the time. <laughs> you've, you've lived many years into one, I reckon. Mm-hmm. How do you? No social life, no family, no relationships, but working. Well, no you know. Life. You can't juggle all things at the same time. Isn't that what Seinfeld said? You've got, you know, the three things, only one of them can really function at one time. Right, right. Yeah. So how do you write for that broader audience? Because obviously Rosehaven does, it's a broad church, I would imagine, and you'd have fans from a whole bunch of different age groups and backgrounds. How is it that you can relate and create a show that's really aimed at a a cross-section of the community? Well, we do, but it wasn't it wasn't really on purpose. Um, we didn't want to exclude anyone, but it was sort of it's become sort of an accidentally a family show because it's we don't swear because we're not allowed. Um, <laughs> I love that that's the reason. That, yeah, because we swear, but that's really the only adult thing we do. Otherwise, there's nothing risque in our show because we're really immature and silly and we find it we don't want to talk about it. And there's nothing really dark in our show because we want it to be a warm, nice place where people go to have a nice time and with a lot of heart and that kind of stuff. And it just sort of happily turns out that that's universal. Mm. Yeah, I think um, the best, I don't know, I don't know where I've read, read this, but, but I probably you, read it. You, you probably read it. Um, it's just, um, you know, you just got to write what you would enjoy watching. So that's yeah. kind of what we're trying to do. Um, and then, you know, if a large section, cross section people pick it up, great. But we never try and aim at anyone. And we weren't sure. Like, we didn't know, you know, people, because it's set in a small town, we didn't know if maybe people from a big city who've never had that, ex- never lived in a small town would still enjoy it. And luckily they've still, they still can be into it because it's, um, at the end of the day, it's about people. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's about relationships, family, dumb, silly stuff. So, but, um, I like that we didn't, yeah, didn't sit down to go. And actually that was some good advice from our producer early days when we were pitching shows, which is don't write the show you think people want or the networks want because you've got to write something that you would be happy to make and yeah. watch. Yeah. Otherwise it, you will get very sick of it very quick. Yeah. And and are you both a, a, you know frustrated real estate agents who want to live in a small town? Like where did this come from? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Luke, mate, no, you? My, my parents are a real estate agent, so there was a part of me that maybe thought one day I'd take the business if, um, but then comedy came along and right, nothing. Yeah. I also, I also and, sell things. So. Yeah, and I am, I don't know, number, oh, no, well, contracts and numbers, no. Um, <laughs> but I am from a small town, so I've done that part. And I consider, I might, I, I honestly don't know if I'll end up back in a small town later on if I retire or go write a novel or something. So I could do that again, but. 
not working in real estate, I don't think. I think we'd both end up moving back to Tassie, wouldn't we, with the keys to the city? Like, yeah. <laughs> you surely. I'm still in the mail. Yeah, I was going. It must be like Geelong where you can be, you know, get the keys to the city and become the quasi-mail. That'll be fun. Can be that. Well, yeah, yeah. Not yet. Yeah, we're going to have a few more seasons. Have to get seasons of Rose we'll, we'll, we'll do it. And on that, so how has your writing changed over the last three seasons? What? What are you doing differently? What's working? What's not? What have you learnt from in the early two? We're just sort of backing ourselves a bit more every season. Sort of less stuff happens and we're just gravitating more towards the stuff that we find fun. So mm. being able to spend more time with characters that we like, really sitting down and going, what would be cool to see? What would we like to do? What have we not seen before? Mm-hmm. And then playing from there and not loving, trusting that people will enjoy spending time with the characters so we don't have to, you know, that they're, they're, they're into it. So after that first season when we found out that people were okay with us just having a platonic friendship and at, at the core of the show being just best mates, giving each other shit, then we went, oh, okay, great. Now we can do what we want with them. Yeah. yeah. There's, that, there's that thing when you first start writing that um, you don't really know what any other character would say to each other. You're just kind of making it up as you go. But then, you know, the second and third you sort of, it's how to feel like real people. So now you can just sort of go, all right, would it be fun to put these two in a room together and why would you do that? And then so that's sort of fuels the story then just because you've got two people you'd like to see meet up. In the same way you'd like to introduce one of your friends to another one of your friends because you think they get along, you kind of start doing that in the writing. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And it's also a good point you make, Celia, about the platonic nature of the friendship. I hadn't thought about that, but you don't often see a purely male-female platonic friendship on, on air and... That's a really interesting dynamic, actually, and and one that I guess enables you by being, you know, by having that male female writing duo that really lends itself. And so, how how did that come about? Was that a bit of a punt for um, the producers? Or how, yeah, how how did that come uh, to be? They sort of let us do it with the understanding that eventually they'll get together, right? But then uh, it was literally after the first season when everyone could see how on board audiences were with us yeah. just having a platonic friendship to actually make that a real point of difference about the show. So we don't even toy with the maybe. It's just not a thing. It's a non-issue. They're just friends. And actually, yeah, you don't really see that. And it's something that happens when you get older. What happens to, you know, you have less and less platonic relationship friendships because they get in relate. Everyone has families and stuff and it just gets complicated. And we thought that's something a bit more interesting than a will they, won't they kind of scenario. But originally, I think, we had them getting together in F5. Yeah, <laughs> oh, really? Well, yeah, the, <laughs> also, the real answer is we were going to, but we, yeah. we just couldn't do it. We tried and we went, oh, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a lovely friendship and it's a great thing to see modelled as a really um, legitimate friendship that doesn't need to go anywhere and then a really supportive friendship, particularly, Seals, I think in this season where you're really um, supporting the, um, you know, Daniel's, relationship himself and it's a lovely dynamic that is um, playing out in a really interesting way I think and it's not a competitive female thing with a new um, you know the new girlfriend and all of that. Yeah and that's really fun because that's an interesting thing as well you know that whole that the the, I can't remember what's called the test in movies where they have whenever it has to be female characters in a scene together not talking about men like (laughs) Bechdel test or something like that and it's so few films actually pass it. Um, but, yeah, totally stuff like that. And I like that Emma's a female character in her 30s who's not got to get a man, got to get a baby, got to get a career. She's yeah. just having a fun time and, and um, being able to 
yeah, she's not threatened by Grace at all and trying to just be a, a good friend. Um, and, yeah, we just thought, I've just seen that. I don't want that. That uh, that would be a boring to me if Emma and Grace had like a competition oh, yeah. or an ownership thing. Yeah. yeah. So Exactly. No, and it's we, such we a like, trope, isn't it, that just runs out time and time again and you just think, well, that's not necessarily how life works. Yeah. That's, yeah, but that's good. Yeah. It's really good. So tell me, um, wrapping up, what's in store for Daniel and Emma this season and, and what are we thinking? What's gonna happen next? Have we got season four in the <laughs> in the background? We, we, we hope so. We've got plans for future seasons, but um yeah, this is uh we we're, we're kinda of riding at the moment assuming it'll go ahead, but we're not quite sure. The the only idea we had is that if uh, if we ever find out it was definitely gonna be the last season we'd like Drop a meteorite on Tasmania or something. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, just poor Tasmania. But, but, um, but, uh, I don't think you get the keys then. Yeah, so. You never know which one's going to be the last one, so we never want to hold anything back. Yeah. So you don't want to finish all the stories yeah. in case it's not. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The last one. Um, but we've got ideas. But we're really excited that the reaction to this season has just been so lovely and wonderful and we're just really excited so four episodes have gone out and um i think the the second four are really great like i'm just excited i can't wait for yeah. people to to see them. we just yeah. get up to some real stupid stuff and as i say the other characters we really enjoyed being able to give um some of our favorite characters more stuff to do and um they're really good uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's fun seeing someone say words you wrote real well. <laughs> how else to say it? But it's um, it's really nice, and because we spend so much time just sort of you know sitting there with our word documents and to actually see it sort of come to life um, and have someone else say it, and it, it works. It's 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 nice. It's like it's just it's like getting a. I guess it's exactly like writing a school play or something, but just um, <laughs> on TV. On TV, yeah, yeah. just a bigger scale. Writing a school TV, yeah, and, and, and it goes well. <laughs> Well, congratulations, guys. It's a ripper. I hope the um, rollerblade guy makes another appearance because I reckon I laughed for about 15 minutes after I saw that. Oh, did you spot him? I you spotted him. That was like that where we go, uh, is anyone ever going to notice? Not oh. back until the, uh, until the, until the championship. Magic, that is. Barney. <laughs> did you know he had to learn how to rollerblade? Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, he, he actually ran into a car, I think, <laughs> yeah. a parked car, just as a cutaway from that. The original joke was going to be that he rollerblades in the background doing a cool trick, but oh, he couldn't do it. Couldn't so we just have to just nudge him away. That was gold. I just laughed so much after that. And those little moments that I think you guys just do so beautifully <laughs> and it just that there was no mention of him. It just nah. appears. Brilliant. But that's really nice to hear because we, uh, we do have back and forth um, with uh, <laughs> about, you know, how long should we have that on screen and to hit to and we sort of fought for it we always kind of fight for it to be quite short so it's nice to, it's, still really, short. it's really nice to hear you pick it up oh yeah like i loved it i loved it it's totally my sense of humor so no well done guys great season loving watching it and um congratulations we really hope you get a season four bet you will and we'll keep watching um all that you're doing because you're doing great stuff so thank you thanks for your time no worries thanks amy thank you, thank you. thanks bye right. bye
That was awesome. Mm. I love them even more. I do too. They're just so personable. They're they, just, they, they're your friends. They are your mates. And mates. I watched the first episode of Rosehaven today and it just made me giggle. They're just so sweet and it's, it's so just funny. such lovely, kind, It is, but their, their friendship chemistry is yeah. just... Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. yeah I, I thought like that was that. really insightful, actually, what they said about that friendship that, you know, they opted not to have the sexual chemistry. That mm. was really interesting. And I like that there's just this good lovely platonic forward. friendship. Mm-hmm. All right, Dimmer, I'm a bit scared about this next segment. What is it? Ooh, I feel a bit nervous talking about it. Oh, my God. Too. I'm nervous. I just have been a bit scared uh, all week. I'm just, just a bit about, embarrassed. What is it going to be? Oh, no. Oh. It's like some. Infection, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Please don't show us. What is it? She's got her phone out. What are you going to show us? (laughs) I've got this rash. (laughs) (laughs) We're not doctors. (laughs) No, my um, my revelation or discovery or I don't know what other word to use for it. I guess I can only tell the story. So the other day um, I, I've really been preparing for my move overseas. Yes. Which is a good thing to do. Yes. <laughs> Given that you think, are yeah. next week. <laughs> I think this could be a bit of an anticlimax. I okay. hope not. So okay. just as a preface, always, when you build something up, right? So low yep. expectations. Anyway, so I have been doing a lot of things, going to my GP, like getting my prescription for the pill, all of those kinds of five things. five striped T-shirts. <laughs> it was... Ten different things that were all had stripes on them. Um, yes, yeah, so I went to the dentist and then they told me that I might need to have like this thing like to because I have fissures or something and they have to like take them out and put them back in. And I reverted back to a child <laughs> and that was at the first dental appointment. They were like, you're, you're going to need to come back. And I was like, okay. So I... Instead of just going as an adult, I made mum come. (laughs) I made mum come. I made her change her work. She took time off work for me. And she came and and she sat. To get your Fisher seal and put back in. In. For freak's sake. She sat in the chair and she. It wasn't even a a filling. No. I don't understand Isn't the difference. Isn't that what they just put the Isn't light on the top yeah. and then they seal That's it? what they do for kids. Yeah. <laughs> literally children yeah, literally have that. literally children. And that's the last time I had it done, so that's why I wasn't familiar with the process because it had been a few years. And the dentist spent the entire time making fun of me. Very unfair. I had a lot of shit in my mouth and couldn't defend myself. He was like, Mum's going to get you a, a toy after this. And I was like, mm, I no. like this dentist. Me too. <laughs> um, I do too because it was actually really painless and it was yes. really fine. And I wonder, am I in arrested development? Because I'm the reason I could ask Mum to come is because I'm living with her. And is that bad? <laughs> Can I? Because um, you are I, the only people apart from my brother that I can ask. I like, also don't like the dentist and sometimes would really like mum to come yeah. because I have a lot of issues with teeth yeah. and I've got crowns and I don't go numb so they can start drilling and it hurts. Ooh. Yeah, it's horrendous. And sometimes I would like mum to be there. Okay, well. So I understand but I've never actually asked her to be there. It's just a feel. And also fissure sealant. <laughs> I didn't know. 
it's really <laughs> fine. I thought I'd have to get injections and you know how I am with injections. I faint and have seizures apparently. So Who says you have seizures? Multiple people have said that I have a fit-like reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Which also suggests that I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm 12 again. Like, oh, I, think, I think going back home does that to you. That's what my question was. Yes. Yeah, I think when we had a month and I was with my husband and we moved back home and I think you do revert back because, <laughs> you know, parents take on that role and you're like, uh, I'm just going to do some washing and then if mum or dad go, oh, don't worry about it, I've got a load on you, go, okay, that's fine. Thanks, Here you mom, go. Thanks, thanks mum. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, I, that's so I, I, think... I just think it's the right time for you to go overseas. <laughs> Are you going to take Lyndon to the dentist with you yeah, if you have to go to overseas? sort this dentist stuff out oh, over there. I don't know if he'll be as comfort. Mum's just such a comforting she presence is. as well. She yeah. was there just like, how are you going, dear? <laughs> and I was like, come on, go let it go. And she was like, that's me talking with stuff in my mouth. She was like, okay, just let me know if, if I need to come over. Anyway, so I just wanted to, I, I think, think I just wanted to get right. it off my chest not, more than anything. I'm not, I would never criticise our dear mum because she would do anything for us, but I think she's an enabler in this instance. <laughs> I think a bit of tough love no, for Fisher sealants <laughs> is required. But anyway, you're going overseas, so suck it up, sister. All right, so that's it. <laughs> I don't know if it's worse. I prefer a rash, I think. <laughs> was it an anticlimax or did it live up to your expectations? Uh, it was it wasn't what I expected. Okay. Yeah, it was I'm surprising. so glad it's not a rash. Yeah. I had bone taken out of my jaw. <laughs> <laughs> like literally bone taken out of my jaw and two ginormous nails put into my head. Well, I'll get... And I didn't bring my mum. <laughs> Comforting. That, yeah. I'll let her know and maybe next dentist appointment she can come. She's available. In fact, anyone, we she have might enough. even move some work around. We, we have a post on Instagram and Facebook group about this topic. So if anybody's after a really kind mum, we could probably we should give mum some money for it, but we'll, we'll yeah, talk about our mum. Um, similar arrested development, those jobs <laughs> that you just cannot grow up. And mine's washing. Whenever I go home, if someone's going to do my washing, I will let them mm. do it. <laughs> yeah. What are you still getting your parents to do? Or what would you like your parents to do? Or what do you secretly wish they could come along? Like sometimes when you're at work and you've got a nasty person, you're like, I wish mum and dad were here. Or yes. if you have to call in sick and you're like, I just really would like someone to call in sick for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or when you genuinely are sick and you're just like, I just wish someone would do everything yeah. for me. Mm. Whenever I have a migraine, I want mum over. Mm. So there you go. We're all on your boat. Okay. I'm right. Tell us, jump, jump on the Facebook page or our Instagram page and tell us your arrested development. All right. For someone who is truly, oh, I don't think arrested development's the right description for this man. He is just warped on a whole different level. Dirty John, L recommendation yes, for this week. This is a big recommendation and I've been waiting since probably October last year to recommend this because I knew it was going to be good. Um, so Dirty John is currently on Netflix. It got released February 14th, Valentine's Day. Ooh. <laughs> and this started as a true crime podcast and it's based on the life of John Meehan, who I like saying his last name, Meehan. Meehan. Yeah. And he was a con artist in America and it was hosted by Christopher Gofford and it was downloaded 10 million times Whoa. within Wowzers. six weeks. So that was LA Times, was it? Or something? Yeah, yeah, it was LA one of the Times. Yeah. So yeah. is that like, what, only 5 million under hours? Yeah. I know. True that. We're, we're yeah. pretty close to it. Yeah. 
so they've turned into a Netflix series with Connie Britton and Eric Banner, both of whom I adore. And I found about out about this on Connie Britton's Instagram. Follow her if you haven't because she's lovely on it. Um, and, and she has great hair. Oh, oh my gosh. Friday Night Lights. exceptional in everything. is exceptional. And, uh, and in this, in everything. Yep, everything. Her it's hair's beautiful. great. Yeah. Her, her hair, hair should have is, her own show. It really should. Definitely her own Instagram. I'm going to look that up. There's probably, mm. There probably is one. There probably is. Yeah. And the main focus for um, both the podcast and the Netflix series is his uh, Dirty John's relationship with Deborah Newell, who was a successful businesswoman. And they met on an internet dating site in 2014. And it's all about, I'm not giving anything away to say this, how he manipulated and, but also all of his previous relationships and um, his many crimes. And I don't want to give too much away. Well, I am struggling with this one as well, Ellen, because. I tried to, you know how I like to have facts and I yes. always Google Dirty John plus facts. Yes. But literally all of the facts are shit that are, it's in there I because know, it's all so I'm unbelievable. I don't want to give too much away. It's but really... he's, he was given the name Dirty John by his friends at university and he lives up to it. So let's just maybe leave it at that. But it's about uh, family and the relationship and how they eventually discover this side of his personality, which is enthralling. Mm. Um, so what did you guys think? Well, I mean, I loved the podcast and was completely obsessed. If you haven't listened to the podcast, download it because it really is really well done um, and fascinating. Mm. Uh, so that's Dirty John and I think it's LA Times that put mm. it out and, that, and now this Netflix show, equally I've been excited. Then I watched the first episode and I really, it was quite slow. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Like I said, I'll took a long time to set it up and I thought, mm, you know, all right, I'll persevere and I'll, I'll go to the second bang, second, it all happens. So hang in there, I think, if you haven't watched any of it. Um, And this is what's led to part of my sleep deprivation because then we got entirely hooked and we just kept binging on it. And now, and that's insane. You forgot you appear. I know. That's (laughs) insane when you have a newborn and you finish binging the show at midnight and you're like, Shit. <laughs> the baby. Oh, yeah, the baby. The baby, baby doesn't need... know that we were up. <laughs> the baby needs a feed in half an hour. It'll oh probably go for an hour and then she'll be up again in two hours. Oh, my God, what were we thinking? <laughs> I did. I agree. The first episode, because I had such hype around it, I was so excited and I was a bit like, yeah, it's like the podcast. It was, just, it was slow. Yeah, it was very yeah, slow. But we watched it together. You seemed I know. so happy. I did enjoy it. but it You just lied. Wasn't... You were like, that was great. Yeah, it was great, but it wasn't, like, amazing. I feel cheated. <laughs> I loved it. I loved the first episode. It's all I watched, so maybe you'll just keep getting better from that. Oh, yeah. I think it, if you yeah, enjoyed keep, the first, yeah, it really yeah. gets good. It's good. And the daughters are great and the supporting oh, cast yeah, is really good. yeah, that chick from Ozark is in it. Oh, she's my gosh. And amazing. Lane from Gilmore Girls. Oh, that's oh, who it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, she's a co-worker. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is all. This is literally the only fun fact I could get, get because literally everything that's like a fun away. fact about this is in it and mm, it's all so yeah. good. It is and it twists and turns and you think this guy can't be real but he was. Yeah, terrifying. And Eric Banner is, is. sensational. <laughs> mm. Yes, he is. He's got that real sweet, you know, charming personality and then he can just turn. So, mm. How many episodes yeah. is it? That's a good question. I don't know. Oh, eight. It's eight episodes. Eight. 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 Okay. So because I have five days off once I finish work on Ooh, your Friday. Yeah, so three that's day. Manageable. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be fine. All right. Good one. Get on board. Tell us what you think on the Facebook page or Insta. We'd love to hear. All right, Dima, because it's your show today, what's your rant? 
Strap yourselves <laughs> in. Is it about the woman that I just called a bee uh, as we drove in? <laughs> I'm, I've got more swears. Little bit of a sense check. Swearing. Where are we at? Should I? Shouldn't Meh. I? I think I did it in the opening. Okay. So go. Well, this article is fucked. <laughs> Mm. I sent it as a like, hey, look at this. And Dimity went, right, that's my rant. I tried so hard not to have any, like, to give it away, whether I liked it or not. But I was like, this article is giving me a lot of feelings. I would like to make this into a rant, please. Um, it is called The Millennial Obsession with Starting Over. It's written by Rainsford Storfer for Medium. And to give a bit of an overview before launching into my tirade, um, she talks about, I'll I'll just read a a couple of quotes from it because um, it's the best way to understand. She says, the new beginning or new life is marketed as a distinctly young adult rite of passage that plays out via Facebook moving announcements alongside the ideas that comfort means you've played it safe and putting down roots means you've missed the adventure of finding yourself. An adventure that seemingly can only play out by ping-ponging from city to backpacking trip and back again. So, as you can see, she's not loving the idea of... Hit a nerve, Dim. Hit a nerve. Ooh, trigger warning. Enjoying your life. So she doesn't like that and that's fine. Um, I just found the article really problematic for a number of reasons. First of all, she has statistics. And as all great writers know, you need to put a statistic in in order to make people like it. So she says, convincingly, while only 20% of millennials moved in 2016, less than previous generations where they were the same age. Oh, well, that's got me. Good one, Rainsford. So you're saying we're moving less than previous generations. Very good. She then has other convincing statistics saying that millennials still made up 43% of all movers. Okay, well, that's out of context. What does that mean? 59% of individuals ages 18 to 35 live somewhere other than their hometown. My God. And almost 80% have moved at least once in their lives. Shocking. Not counting moves to college, she says. 41% have moved to a new place without the intention of permanently staying there. And 26% cite a new lifestyle or a new start as a reason for the move. And I am outraged by those facts alone because obviously you should be. They're facts and they exist on a page. So that means they're fucking serious. She then says, social media likely plays a role in this. Okay, Rainsford, give us the facts. Tell us why social media is ruining our lives. She, she continues. Well, no one has studied the exact correlation between moving and those themed Instagrams that make a city look like a movie set. It's easy to see Nashville street art or New York City lights or a Denver mountain and imagine that your life would be brighter and better if you switched zip codes. What? That's not a fact. That's literally been like, I think, therefore, correct. And I guess this is fair because she lives in a nation where Trump is the president, so fine. As you might have realised... Yes. This no, article. What are you most angry yeah, about? Yeah, I know. Has hit a nerve. Yeah, what? why? What? Lots of okay. nerves by the sound of it. Well. The fact nerve. I suppose. You don't like the facts. It's that I'm 27 and I have just quit my job to travel <laughs> the world. Yeah. I Cha-ching. have had. I have, There's the nerve. I've had two careers. I've had <laughs> two degrees and I've had about 6,000 jobs. And the longest I've lived in one place in the last 10 years is two and a half years. And the shortest time I've spent in one place is three months, which is currently at my parents' house because (laughs) I have just moved home at 27. I've also, 
even more closely to home, have lived in one of the places that she described moving to, North Carolina. So I lived there for six months. And she goes hiking a lot and I like hiking. So it feels like she's actually just written an article that's directly aimed at antagonising me. But she isn't actually saying it's a bad thing. Yeah, she is. She's saying that we need to settle down. Well, she says at the end that she's enjoying more finding experience exploring her, the world she's in at the moment and not going somewhere new. She's like, I was so, so lost. Yeah. I was so she's lost like, I was and rootless now... and now I'm enjoying putting down roots. But actually I have the secret to enjoying life and Lower your called, expectations. No, it's called fucking oh. mindfulness actually and oh. there's a lot of bloody research behind oh. it. I'm going to quote you some articles just because I do enjoy research and I do like to have peer-reviewed articles <laughs> to substantiate <laughs> my claims. DM Davis has, and J.A. Hayes has one for psychotherapy in 2011 where they described the benefits of mindfulness. You are Holsecker. I've done something bad because I can't pronounce any of these words. A Finholt, Journal of Applied Psychology, 2013. There's a meta-analysis, mindfulness-based stress reduction and health benefits. Anyway, I'm just saying that this is a technique that works. <laughs> okay. And yeah. the lesson is... I think you've gone off track a little. No, I haven't. Because the lesson actually is go wherever the fuck you want, be sensible, be mindful, and stop making me feel shitty about my awesome decision to move overseas indefinitely in a week's time. But I also think I thought your rant would be about um, the fact that it's millennials and it's not actually millennials. I thought the headline should just say young Young people people. move. Yeah, Like I'm thinking about our parents. They moved overseas for six months and weren't going to live there forever. My in-laws moved overseas for five years, weren't going to live there forever. And it wasn't this big kind of generational thing that all of them like. No, it's just as people, you know, people like to move. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. We're all in agreement. Yeah. I'm not uh, as angry as oh, you. No, I'm not angry at all, but I do admire your angriness and, um, yeah, go mindfulness. Woo. It's probably because she's got energy that oh, she can be angry. true that, true that. I'm like, wow, all the things to get angry yeah. about. Okay. Well, I, it's also, as you said, it might be hitting a little bit closer. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right, Dima, because you've just ranted on, we'll now let you calm down with a mantra. So tell us, for your last mantra for a little while, what are you thinking? Okay. So this is one that I thought, obviously I'm moving and I'm not going to see you guys in a little while. And I wanted something that was, you know, reflective of that. So I thought, what do I believe? And one I came across was, so long, farewell. <laughs> Avita Sane. Oh, you're so annoying. Good night. <laughs> you can't just keep getting songs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's something to live by. Oh, you're so annoying. When are you going? Okay, I actually have a real one, I promise. <laughs> yeah, this is more corny, but I like it. Okay. My more corny <laughs> yeah. than that. It's good thing. Wow. My sister may not always be by my side, but Aww. she will always be in my heart. Oh, that's a nice one. That is corny, but nice. <laughs> <laughs> but which sister? Whoever <laughs> <laughs> gets you the best going away. Fun. Ooh, we might show it on the Insta page yeah. or the Facebook page. Who knows? <laughs> we are crazy. <laughs> All right, Dima. Well. Farewell. Be safe. We'll talk to you online. Adieu. Isn't it adieu? 
See, it's catchy. No, it really it is. It's it a good one, actually. Really is. So, if you want to follow Dim's travels, jump on our Insta page. I'm sure she'll be popping up from time to time from all over the world. She'll be like, Where's Wally? But where's Dimity? <laughs> and she'll be uh, dialing in from some of those whereabouts in the near future. In the meantime, we'll have Cell joining us and Tons joining us, and Elle and I will be here. We will be here. Hopefully, Sleep deprived or not. I know. Hopefully, Sands little babies, but who knows? We're crazy. Sometimes we bring them along. So that's been the Millennial Divide. Thanks for listening. If you've liked what you've heard, listen for free. Can you believe it? Free. Free. You don't get much for free. You get nothing for free. Well, you get this podcast. Free. This podcast for free in Apple Podcasts. I like you guys tired. (laughs) It is because it's a bit delirious. A bit delirious. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> I oh, do you want speak. me to take over? Uh, yeah. Um, Rate and review. <laughs> yes. Only good ratings. <laughs> the good ones. Just give us the good ones. No, we, you can give us the bad ones. We'll just delete them. Jokes. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. We've taken the laughing one on the chin. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we move away from we, the mic. We We're move. sorry. Yeah, we try and laugh but we less. did too much laughing. Yeah. Too much. Uh, we know you love the conversation. We've dropped it a few times throughout the, the sh- uh, show today. So keep chatting to us. Jump on the Facebook page. And to each other. And to each other. We want to start a little Join community here. Yeah. This arose from me not being on the show last week and thinking, I just want to tell them all my thoughts on everything. And I thought, yeah. surely I'm not alone. Yeah. yeah. And we do get that feedback a lot. So... Jump on the Facebook group or Insta posts and join the conversation. And we will see you next week. Mm-hmm. Well, Amy tonight. and I will. We will. And we will be waving goodbye to Dim mm-hmm. as she goes off on her big adventure. Bye. 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 Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.